What's up leaders in training? We have arrived at session three. And we're gonna spend about the next 10 minutes or so talking about how it looks when we lead with grace. So we spent the first time talking about what it means to look for a good mentor. And then when we find one, we looked at God's design for discipleship. And today when we talk about leading with grace, we're looking down the road past that into the future when it comes time for you to be a leader, not just a leader like, well, okay, you can uh, take these four kids to go wash up, or now it's time for you to collect, you know, these kids and bring them to the mess hall. When we're talking leadership, we mean speaking godly wisdom into somebody else's life. So I want to give you some pointers. And the first main thing that I want you to remember, number one, is that we all have different gifts and talents. We all have different gifts and talents. So let's say that God brings someone into your path for you to mentor and for you to disciple. And you think, man, you know, I would have done this a little differently or how come they can't just do it exactly like I could. But in leading with grace, what it means is to recognize we all have diff different gifts and talents. So what you need to do is help your mentee discover that, pray with them, pray over them, seek God and say, God, what are the gifts and talents that you want me to develop in this young man or young woman. Because number two, the second thing I wanna to bring to your attention is that our job as mentors is to help our mentees establish the vision that God has given them. And I'm very intentional in saying that. I don't wanna say establish their vision because many times young people have a vision and maybe it's not quite clear and maybe they add a little extra seasoning, a little extra sauce, and we need to be that calming voice, that guiding voice that is not going to crush their dreams and say, well, that's a horrible idea. And man, I can't believe you would think something so crazy. It is to help them clarify God's vision for them. Now, if the Lord gives you a special word to speak vision over their life, then that's good. But our job is to help them discover. Notice that in the text that we read for kind of our source text here in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 2 through 14, Elijah never tells Elisha, hey, this is exactly what's going to happen, so be ready. He stretches his faith. He leads him on a journey. He even puts him through a couple of tests because our job as a mentor is to help them clarify. And this is why. Because if you give them the vision straight up right away, there's no need for faith. And the problem also becomes if you give them the vision then they might be tempted to put their faith in you. If you're always the person who tells them what God is doing, if you're always the person who tells them what God is speaking in their life, then what's the incentive for them to listen for themselves? Our job is not to spoon feed them, and our job is not to be their drill sergeant. Leading with grace means that we help them clarify God's vision for their life. Not their vision, not our vision, God's vision for their life. We also, as mentors, need to prepare a mantle for them. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that you go out and you buy them a coat and you say, hey, when, when time comes and you move off or I move away, I'm going to give you this coat? No. Mantle in the Old Testament is clearly a metaphor for an anointing. You think back to when David was anointed king. Yeah, for sure. Samuel poured oil over his head, but the oil didn't make David the king. The anointing 
said David was going to be prepared to be a king. So when you're praying for your mentee, when you are walking with them, when you're working with them, begin to think in your heart, what is something meaningful that I can give to them? Is it a set of skills? Is it connections? Is it uh, something that you've learned along the way? Is it something physical and tangible like a Bible or or a project that y'all work on together? Seek God and say, God, what am I going to leave for this person? Now, obviously, chances are you're going to still be alive when they step into their calling, okay? You won't get caught up in a whirlwind of fire, but be prepared for that moment when, here's number three, it comes time to let them go. Notice that Elisha walked with Elijah until it was time for Elisha to walk with God. We shouldn't stunt the growth of our mentees. Leading with grace means knowing when it's time to let them go. If you're 90 years old and your mentee is 85 years old and you're like, hold on, hold on, just just a little bit longer, you're stunting their growth. In the same way that we said you shouldn't tell them and reveal to them every single thing about the vision because they would depend on you, you should also gradually wean them, not of your influence, but of dependence on you. Because leading with grace means that you recognize when it's time to let them go. And Elisha learned that from Elijah because he told them, hey, if you walk with me, when it is my time, you will get what you need. He didn't tell him when that time was, but he recognized. And here's the key, leaders. Elisha also recognized. Notice that the first prophecy that came out of Elisha's mouth, the first prophetic proclamation was that it was now his time. How did Elijah know it was time for Elisha to become the prophet? He didn't say anything. He just allowed him. He stepped aside. He let him step into his calling. And maybe that's what it'll look like for you, that the time will come where you will know in your heart and in your spirit, you know what? I could do this, but I really feel like God is leading me to allow you to do it. Now it's time for you to step up to the plate. God has provided an opportunity. He's orchestrated this because God's plan for discipleship leads to us leading with grace. Because then they're going to learn that lesson. They will be disciplers of disciples. Because the Bible and the Great Commission that we talked about in our Faithful series is that we are to go into all the world and make disciples. And here's the key that I can share with you, leaders in training. The reason that God is faithful to a thousand generations is because His plan is for each generation to lead with grace. In order for us to continue into perpetuity or posterity, the things that we know and the systems that we know that work in the kingdom of God, if he's going to be faithful for a thousand generations, we got to reproduce. If nobody reproduces, there ain't no generations. So supernaturally, we are called not only to have a mentor, but eventually when we're mature enough, when we're wise enough, when we're old enough to become mentors. And then when our mentees are old enough and wise enough, we need to let them go and become what God has designed for them to become. And that's why I love this scriptural text here, because it very simply shows that whole process. Elisha decided, you know what? I'm going to follow this man. 
I'm going to leave everything that I'm doing. I'm going to lay it all down. He is going to be my mentor. And he went with him everywhere. They slept on the side of the road. He saw the ups and the downs. Elijah had a roller coaster life because he's like, oh, everybody's out to kill me because I'm speaking God's word. But because Elisha stuck with Elijah, he was able to step into his calling. And I love that symbolism there, that the first prophecy of Elisha is the last moments on earth of Elijah. When he says, my father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel, Elijah never prophesies after that because he's moved on into his next season. And as mentors, we always have to be ready for the next season. You don't have to stick with one mentee for the rest of your life. Let's say that, you know, you're mentoring someone in your young adulthood. Well, then you get married. Then you have kids. Now you're going to mentor your children. Let's say your children grow up and they graduate. They're doing the whole leadership and training thing. Then you are eventually going to mentor your grandchildren or mentor men and women in the church or mentor people on the worship team or, or mentor people who are in youth ministry. A mentor's job never stops, but the seasons will eventually change. And that's what I wanted to leave you with today. We learned in session one what to look for in a godly mentor. We learned in session two God's plan for discipleship. And today, leaders in training, I'm challenging you to lead with grace. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I wish I could be there with you in person, but I trust that you have some good godly mentors in the New South Conference and that one day maybe I'll be working with you as well, reaching that next generation for the cause of Christ. Can I leave you with a word of prayer? Father God, I thank you for these leaders in training who have dedicated themselves and volunteered their time and are reaching out to young people around them, even the children around them. God, I pray that you would continue to favor them in their relationships, in school, and job applications, and college. Whatever that next step is, Father, bring godly mentors into their life who can help them clarify the vision that you have for them. And that when the time is right, they would be able to step into the calling that you have placed in their lives. God, help us to find godly mentors. Help us to understand your design for discipleship. And when the time comes, Lord, help us all to lead with grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, guys.